Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a life sciences and healthcare video podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews, coming to you today from SC Bio's 2023 annual conference here in Charleston, South Carolina. This is really one of the region's premier life sciences industries events. And Matthew Roberts, we're excited to have one of the participants with us today uh, from a long way away. Joining us is Shomi Uziel. He is the CEO of a deep deep tech startup company, QuiMD. You offer artificial intelligence-based clinical pathways platform, I'm excited to hear about this, um, that can help further and enhance the delivery of healthcare. So Shlomi, thank you for joining us all the way from Israel. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, can you please tell us a little bit about the mission of QuiMD and um, what you're doing? Sure, all right, so we, the way we would like to think about what we do is like an almost an autopilot for physicians in emergency departments, right? We help physicians make better decisions faster, and then we help save them time by basically generating the notes for them, uh, and then generate a report so the billing department can take that and translate that into better billing. So we like to want to help physicians improve patient outcome and help the healthcare system increase their revenue and savings. So productivity. Productivity and revenue also. And revenue. Because the advent of the EMR didn't actually make things easier for the physician, it had created one more thing for them to do. So this helps with that one more thing. Exactly, like EMRs, and I guess that's a known secret, it's a billing system, it's not a clinical system. It actually pulls the information from the physician into the system, so later on someone can scratch it and translate that into billing. And what we do is we take that information and we give it back to the physician. And we use AI to help the physician use that information to make decisions. And because we can help the physician follow the process, we can also save him time. So instead of him spending a lot of time in front of the computer writing the notes, because we understand what he did, we can generate the notes for him. And also we can do it in a way that we take care for the billing consideration. So he can focus on the clinical part and we can take care of all the rest. Yes, that's that's very exciting. So recently, QuiMD entered into a collaborative relationship with MUSC. So can you tell us a little bit about that relationship and talk more generally about how collaborations are important in the life sciences industry? Cool, so in my previous life, I actually used to work for a semiconductor company right. called Cadence Design System okay. based out of the Valley. And I was there for 20 years. I was the VP in one of the divisions. And I participated in a lot of innovating products and developing products from early stage. And I think one of my learnings through this exercise is when you come up with a new disruptive tool, you have to have uh, customers from like day zero, almost like from day minus one. And we were very lucky to get introduced by our friends to the uh, CEO of Charleston Hospital, David Zass, and he introduced us to Jesse uh, the, the chief innovation officer and and they opened the door for us for an early stage collaboration and the first thing we realized together is that it's nice to get a like the top-down support but we need someone from the ground like a physician that will help us out right. and we got connected to this amazing physician dr andrew matuskovich who is this uh, um, an ed informatics director right. in uh, in muc emergency department and we immediately resonated. Like when we met him, so our 
Pilot is around chest pain pathway. So what we really do is we take the evidence-based pathways that everyone, every hospital has, right. but it has it as a PDF in some, you know, in the network, right? right. And, and we take that and we integrate it into the physician workflow so that physicians can use that and, and do all the things I mentioned. And Andrew at the time was just about to update his chest pain pathway. And he was already frustrated because he knew he was going to put a lot of effort into that. And then no one really going to use that, right? Your timing so he, was good. He, he resonated with the mission and he's an amazing guy. Uh, and that kind of started the collaboration. MUC started to get excited about that. So they even decided to invest in us in an early stage, which is fairly unique to an early stage Israeli startup to get an investment in an early stage from a U.S. healthcare system. So now uh, Lisa Goodlet, the CFO of the healthcare system, yes. sits on my board. Okay, great. Right? So I, I really work with almost all departments in the hospital. So I work with Andrew and the physicians to make the product right. Je uh, uh, Jesse helped me as a focal point. Lisa helps me out with the business model. We're working with the billing department to understand what they need. We're working with the IT department to help us integrate into Epic. So it's really an amazing amazing setup. I, I would say it's like almost the dream of every startup to have I like bet. a design partner yeah. like that. And honestly, I, you know, I, so I, I know no one really listens to us, right? So I can say here in confidence that I think MUSC is like the best thing happened to us, okay. honestly. Great, great. Yeah. That's, That's wonderful great, to hear. Great news. Clinical pathways, could you elaborate on those and explain how they impact physicians? Right, so, you know, it's, it's funny, when we started looking into the problem, we realized that things are done like, as an afterthought, you have a research translated into a best practice like a pathway that translates into this document, right, that sits out there, and then physicians need to memorize it. Then they also need to take into consideration the billing requirements, right? And there's not one pathway, there are many of them, right? And the right. information keeps coming in. And then there's all this data, real-world evidence data that comes in and no one really uses, right? So it's all kind of an afterthought. And, and we, we thought that's really called for a disruption. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring all this together and make it what I would call correct by construction solution. So we take those pathways, we integrate them into the workflow of the physician, we use AI to help physicians with the differential diagnosis, which is really the rationale behind the pathway. We let them make the decision. We are here not to replace physicians, we're here to empower physicians. And because we do that and we follow the path, we also understand the billing regulations so we can generate a report, right, that will align with that. And by that, we leave the physician focused really on, on the clinical path. Now, the amazing thing is that, you know, clinical pathways you know, have been there ever since. This is like really a way to take research and translate it into action. Right. But without any good means to help physicians implement that, and without any standards out there, you go and every hospital would have its own version of multiple multiple pathways, which are like different decision trees, and the physician today has to integrate everything in his mind, right, at real time, under the stress of the ER, right, and now physicians are only human, right, so how you can do that? And we are trying to take this knowledge and information and make it accessible to the physicians, make it easier for them to use it, but then we have our little secret sauce, which is to use AI 
to not just take the pathway and, and make it accessible, but to tailor it to the specific patient. And this is like, you know, when a physician, you know, physician, what they do, effectively, they rely mostly on their own experience and the memory. And this is like you're going to rely on the aggregated experience right. of all your peer physicians and all of the patients that have been into that hospital, right? So we give them value that no human can do, but again, with the intention of them, you know, uh, um, doing a better job. And then the other nice thing about it is that if you look on the billing part, right, the, the payers, right, they want providers to follow guidelines. They want them to follow best practices, right? So as soon as you have the physicians follow best practices, it almost immediately translates into simpler and straightforward billing rules. Less denials right? of claims. Exactly. Right. Right. So by that, right, just by helping the physicians follow the right things, so basically take those pathways and move them from somewhere in the website to be the, you know, at the core of your workflow, it kind of by itself solves all these, all these problems purposes, altogether, yeah. right? And so we think that it's a, it's a huge opportunity, right, to take this evidence-based knowledge, make it accessible, use it with real-world evidence, right, to tailor it to the specific patient, and by doing that, also solve the billing part, which just falls out of that, and do that without the physician needs to care about any of that. Uh, I see why MUSC was interested in this. Um, so you're, you're based out of Israel, but what's your opinion of South Carolina and its life sciences industry? We're at this SC Bio annual meeting. There are four or 500 people here, lots of excitement, lots of momentum. What's your opinion of the industry? So first of all, I'm here, right? Yes, so let's right. say something. Yes. And yes. it's actually my fifth time here in the past two years. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, I, in my previous life, I, I lived three years in Boston. And uh, apologies to say, never heard about Charleston. <laughs> pure ignorance on my end and I'm so I feel really privileged and lucky to to find this place and I was telling this uh, on the panel so most of you know Israel is a vibrant environment for startups digital health is now emerging but when you're out of Israel right the state is so far out there all you hear about is you know the Mayo clinics and Cedar Sinai and right the Cleveland clinics and and these gorillas, right, everyone wants to go and work with them, right? So we were lucky to come here and find MUSC, which is an amazing institute. And we are like almost on our own, right? So right. we have the privilege of having the whole, right, the whole institute working for our, with us. Uh, so that's amazing. So we found here like a, a vibrant, innovative, friendly, extremely friendly community. The fact you can go out the street here in Charleston and people say good morning to you, right? <laughs> Which is not the experience you get in Boston or in New York. No, yes. no, That's amazing. Not. We were lucky to, so like, um, already had a collaboration with the MBA program here of the College of Charleston good. last year. We did an wow. internship with them. Yeah. So we had 20 business uh, school students doing an internship with us. So we just think it's an amazing Amazing opportunity. I just don't want to tell this to any of my yes, other colleagues yes. in Israel because I know it's like, it's great. Well, it's wonderful to hear that you're enjoying being here in South Carolina. And you're working in an industry, artificial intelligence, which just seems to be exploding across all industries. What's your vision for its use in the future with healthcare? All right, so, so first of all, I think it's important to maybe kind of maybe um, break apart what AI is, right? It's not, right. 
not that they're a magic stick that can solve everything, right? What AI is, AI is basically taking history and translating it into action, right? Take data, data from previous experience of many other people or things, right? And teach computers to use that to derive better action. Now, healthcare is a great place because you have a lot of data, so a lot of it can be leveraged. And so there's, you know, resilient opportunities. Definitely when you look at the ER, right? You know, ER today is the same as it was effectively 50 years ago, right? Only that now you have the EHR, which is more burden, but doesn't right. help you, right? right? But physicians still, right, expected to learn all these pathways by themselves, do the differential diagnosis best of a lot of knowledge that's supposed to memorize. And now that information keeps coming in, right? So they can't keep pace, right? So you have to use, right, some tools, like in many other industries, to help them digest that information more effectively and reach out better decisions. Now, I think what's very common in AI, and if you look at the progression of AI, is that typically the first generation just help take the non-practice and translate it into, if you like, digital format, right? And that's called the descriptive part. So you just take pathways, for example, and you describe them in a digital way so people can implement them. Once you have that deployed, now you can start gather data more effectively. So based on this accumulated data, now you can start predict better what can be done, right? So you move from descriptive to predictive. And then once you have a lot of that, then you can start prescribe new ways of doing things, right? And that's what our system does, right? Is like learning pathways and how they are done, you can tailor them to the local community right, in the predictive way, and you can start to just alternative pathways to what happened now. And that's exactly the path we want to follow, and that's the nice thing that you can, you know, start and then evolve from there. What about the use of AI like a chat GPT? That's been in the news a lot lately in healthcare. What's your take on that? So, you want a true answer? Please. I would be cautious of trends. Yes. I put it this way. Yeah. Um, I think, so ChatGPT is one, of, it, it's in this category of called generative AI, right. which is like how we can use a lot of data to uh, kind of in a way mimic creativity. Mimic being the word. Right, right? The now word. it's great when you do some fancy drawings maybe, or if you want to fake your, you know, school <laughs> uh, assignments. Right. But I'm not sure how creative you want to be when you're treating patients, right? right? So I think you need to be careful how to apply it. But, you know, every new technology has, um, you need to find the right way to apply it. Right. One of the ways we think of applying such technology is actually on the validation side. So when you want to test your system, right, before you try it on, on real patients, you can use technology like that to generate, like, random patients, right? right? And by that you can validate your system better before you start, you know, working with live uh, a patient, and that by itself has a lot of value. So I think it's just important to make sure you understand what the technology really does and apply it where it fits, rather than say, oh, and we are using ChatGPT. Well, it's clear you're on the cutting edge of healthcare and innovation, and Shlomi Udiel, thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of Matthew and everyone at Taking the Pulse, we welcome you to South Carolina and your team at QuaMD. 
For those of you who joined us today, we hope you learned a little bit more about the use of AI in the delivery of healthcare and bringing an encyclopedia yeah. to a doctor's <laughs> right. reach quickly. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on Taking the Pulse, a life sciences and healthcare podcast.